Welcome to NARAL's The Morning After. Each Thursday, our podcast brings you the latest on reproductive health care, progressive politics, and the fight to keep abortion safe and legal. NARAL's The Morning After is a production of NARAL Pro-Choice Ohio. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ProChoiceOH. Enjoy the show! Hi, I'm Jamie. Hi, I'm Kelly. Hi, I'm Gabe. Uh, so we are down to the end of the fourth quarter, uh, and we're trying to run out the clock on this. Uh, <laughs> Hoping it doesn't go to overtime. Yes, trying trying to avoid the uh, double overtime scenario here. Which um, makes great football, but terrible legislation. That's absolutely correct. <laughs> uh, we're in the middle of lame duck right now. Um, so the legislature... Quack, quack. What's that? Quack, quack. Quack, quack. Uh, the legislature is trying to figure out what they want to do. Uh, and we've got still outstanding this 20-week abortion ban. Uh, and we're trying to uh, not have it get a vote. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it's bad. Because it's bad. Because we think that women should be able to make their own health decisions without those ding-dongs down at the state house interfering. What? That's a good start. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. That's one reason. Another reason is that sometimes it's necessary for a woman's health. Mm, another reason is, uh, well, it's unconstitutional. Um, There's that. Kind of over and over and over again. Um, another reason is it probably costs a lot of money and legal fees that could be, you know, used for a better purpose somewhere. There's a few reasons. Just a couple. Yeah. So... We'll see what happens. We haven't gotten the schedule yet. We're assuming it's on there until we get clearance that it's not. Right. Um, but it, next week is supposed to be the last week unless we do go into overtime, which I think everyone on the Please planet no. would be grumpy about. Yes. Including the legislators. So. Yeah. They don't want to come back no. the week before Christmas and have to be dealing with this no. stuff. Mm-mm. They want to be done. Yes. They yeah. want to be out. So. They got shopping and... Presents to wrap. And Aren't they traveling? Also? Somebody wants to. Yeah, there's some les- legislator trip. Oh, it's, to Israel. Is I don't know if it's Israel. Israel. Yeah. So they so. got they got shit to do. Yeah, they got to get out of there. So we'll see what happens. Um, on the good news front of lame duck, um, our access without apology agenda bills will get their legally required sponsor testimony in the form of dumping it out in the trash with like 30 other people doing sponsor testimony on the right. very last day. But but so we're going to get to see some of our pro-choice champions take to the podium during committee, Mm -hmm. uh, explain why Ohio should be increasing access to abortion providers, removing many of the restrictions that John Kasich assigned into law. Uh, Some really great bills. Uh, The best effort that we've seen, you know, since... Since we've been ever. in the game yes, to ever. fight back Since ever. <laughs> here yes. in the state of Ohio. And mm-hmm. so we're going to get to hear the sponsor testimony from those legislators. Yep. Um, there may or may not be a 20-week abortion ban, committee hearing, floor vote, any of that still up in the air. Yep. Um, we're asking folks to contact their state legislators and say, hey, this is a terrible idea, unconstitutional, cruel to women, not medically necessary. Don't schedule a vote. Yep. If a vote comes up, vote against it. Um, the other thing just to touch upon quickly is the, uh, the biological disposal, biological material disposal bills, mm-hmm. um, the whole Mike DeWine stericycle witch hunt that yeah. he went on, uh, 
did not get scheduled for a committee hearing the last week. No, I mean, they could change the schedule, so I'll do some knocking on some wood here. But, you know, the, right now the schedule looks like it is not on there. It could also get dumped onto another bill, as we call them Christmas tree bills at this time of the year. Right. But right now it looks like that one will um, die at the end of session this time unless something changes. Right. Which it should because, you know, these these horrible procedures that DeWine was, was crying about is what the state does. Yes. These are medically, uh, you know, industry standards, responsible procedures mm-hmm. for disposing of, uh, you know, biological all forms, tissue. You know, yep. biological tissue. Um, so these bills never should have been written. They should well, die it's, in it's, it, it was a way for, for Attorney General DeWine to try to save face. Right. It's another sham law. And um, under the, the newly um, clarified standards for abortion restrictions, it's an undue burden because it does not have a demonstrated um, impact that improves women's health. This is about closing clinics. It's not about tissue. It's about closing clinics, just like everything else that they're doing. It's about restricting access to abortion, and it's unconstitutional. It, the Whole Women's Health case gave us a, a very clear um, measuring stick for everything going forward, and this fails. Right. Yep. Uh, so that's, that's lame duck. That might be it. So we're still fighting. Mm-hmm. We're still contacting legislators. Uh, and then after that week, that's all we'll see out of the state house. Hopefully, yes. Uh, out of the State Department of Health, it's mm-hmm. a whole other deal. Highway Hodges is yes. back. So he might have been quiet during the presidential election, which was a little weird. Um, but um, ODH, since the election, has ramped up all kinds of stuff. So um, they're actually new developments kind of on two fronts. First, the Women's Med Center of Dayton received this week their license termination letter. Um, saying that in 14 days they'll be forced to stop providing surgical abortion procedures. Um, the clinic is going to court to stop that. So, so the they're clinic, fighting back. Yeah, the, the clinic is fighting back. They're going to go to court to get a temporary stay to stay open after those 14 days. So it is uh, everyone's expectation that the clinic will remain open um, while they fight this in court. Right. And, and again... It, and it should because of the whole women's yeah. health case. The, you know, the Texas case was very similar sham laws. Um, it's, I think it's negligent, frankly, that the Ohio Department of Health is moving forward on this. The Supreme Court has been crystal clear. Yeah. Yeah. And other states have dropped cases. I mean, Alabama and Mississippi and somebody else, I feel like, stopped pursuing cases that were enforcing these laws. Right. And let some court, lower court ruling stand. So, so this is Dayton, where the state is trying mm-hmm. to use their phony baloney transfer agreement bureaucratic policy yes. to close that clinic. Yeah. The only clinic in that in that city and the only clinic in that part of the state West Central or Ohio, hospital, right. only healthcare provider that offers care later in pregnancy. Right. So this is this is not just any clinic. It is a critically important clinic. Right. Yeah. For for women who need a procedure uh in those, you know, twenty to twenty four week um, you know, uh those later stages they're the only clinic within, you know, 150 mile radius. Probably at least, yeah. You know, it's so so it's a it's a, a huge area that they're offering that mm-hmm. specific service to, plus their mm-hmm. Dayton's only abortion provider. Yeah, and they're making the argument that other clinics can absorb it, but we already know that other clinics can't absorb it. I mean, we've right. already gone from 16 to nine, and they can't absorb that patient load. We're seeing women being forced later into pregnancy to have an abortion. And you close that one, the clinic in Cincinnati will not be able to take all that patient load because the clinic in Cincinnati doesn't go as far. 
So, you know, in those cases, we're going to end up with more women like Sheva that we've talked about before that was forced from Cincinnati to Chicago because of our already existing late-term abortion restrictions. Haskell couldn't fit her in before the cutoff point where it's legal in Ohio. So she had to go to Chicago to get the care for a a pregnancy that was going to end um, with her child dying. So she had a longer wait, Mm -hmm. a longer travel. Yeah. And thousands of dollars, like $3,000 worth of expenses just to pay for the trip and the procedure, Mm -hmm. which she should have been able to get in a short car ride, Yes, you know, within her region of of the state. Mm -hmm. And what happens to the women who can't do what Sheva did? Mm -hmm. I guess uh, the state of Ohio wants them to have to carry doomed pregnancies Mm -hmm. um, and be asked the questions that visibly pregnant women get asked. Are you having a boy or a girl? Yep. When's your baby due? And to have to either hide in your house until the pregnancy endangers your life um, imminently or um, go out and, and face the cruelty that the state has imposed on, on you mm-hmm. and your probably wanted pregnancy. Yeah. Yep. So that's, that's Dayton. And then um, an additional bad news out of the Department of Health. They denied, a couple weeks ago, denied founders is... Um, Variance application. So Grant Hospital had in Columbus, in Columbus had um, denied the transfer agreement with um, founders, and so they applied for a variance. Like Haskell has been trying to get in Dayton, they applied with two doctors, and they said that they didn't feel that that was enough to protect the health of the women. Mind you, the law says one or more, right. so one should be sufficient. But the Department of Health is putting additional restrictions. The entire in idea on it of needing backup doctors, I think, is, is anyway. ridiculous. I mean, you know, if I go to let's say the oral surgeon, if my primary doctor at the, you know at the oral surgeon, mm-hmm. if they're not available that day, then they just call me in advance and they cancel the procedure. Yeah. And if something goes wrong during the procedure, they're not going to call the on-call guy who's sitting at home on his mm-hmm. couch or he's out on the golf course. They're going to call 911 yeah. and put me in an ambulance, and I'm going to go to the hospital, and I'll see the doctor there. Mm-hmm. Who is required so, to treat you, by the right. <clears throat> So needing a backup doctor mm-hmm. is, you know, complete crap. Yeah. Needing four of them, yeah. or however many the state decides that they want to see this week, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and I bet no that they don't—they don't probably impose that on your dentist either, no, or any other ambulatory surgical facility. And I bet they don't bar them from getting those agreements with public hospitals or doctors that work at them. So, right, hmm. those doctors what, are out on the golf course. What could be a foot <laughs> here? <laughs> yeah. hmm. What could that be? So mysterious. Yes. So, um, I know that the clinic is working to identify um, another doctor, but we've also been working with the Ohio Religious Coalition to kind of put pressure on Ohio Health which operates Grant Hospital here, um, to reconsider the transfer agreement as well. So I think there's a little bit more hope in Columbus, um, but, you know, ODH is trying is going after them, and, um, and we'll see what happens there. And then ongoing in Toledo, we're really just kind of in a holding pattern at this point with Toledo, um, because since 2014, when they got the license revocation notice, they have been fighting in court and have been able to stay open while they fight in court. Um, but they've won at the county level and at the appeals court level from the county. Um, and now the state of Ohio is trying to waste even more of your tax dollars by, after li- losing twice, um, appealing to the state but Supreme Court. But aren't they court. fiscally conservative and responsible? Only when it doesn't come to wasting your money mm-hmm. you know, on fighting against abortion clinics. It's confusing. 
Right. So confusing. So, um, so yeah, we're just in a holding pattern at this point to see um, if the state Supreme Court does take up that case or not. There's no, like, they have to act within a certain period of time requirement. They could sit on it for decades if they felt like it, so... Well, and I think that's an important point, though, that you that, that the clinic has remained open yes. through two years of litigation. These clinics that are under attack by the Ohio Department mm-hmm. of Health, assuming they get um, you know what we need in the courts, they will remain open while yes. we fight those legal mm-hmm. battles, which we would expect to win. Yeah. So women should not panic yet that they can't get care in their community, but they should know that these clinics are being drugged into court and, and being harassed. Uh, there's regulatory harassment happening by the state, yeah. but that they're fighting tooth and nail to stay open and provide care to their patients. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see what happens out of, out of ODH coming up. Um, it seems that they've done a lot. They've had a lot of activity after the election. We hadn't seen them. Um, kind of wondering if because Ohio Right to Life isn't getting their bills passed through the legislature that they're focusing more on forcing Ohio, Ohio Department of Health to do their bidding instead. So, you know. Well, that is why they picked the head of the Ohio Department of Health who's completely unqualified yes. for the job and whose last job was to run the turnpike. It was because he's someone that they think would do their bidding and, mm-hmm. you know, we used to be part of what they called reporters called the caveman caucus right. in the legislature because they were so anti-woman. So I guess Highway Hodges is uh, mm-hmm. getting back in step. Yeah. So. Okay. Uh, there's been some really good reporting from uh, Ohio's uh, media base. Um, we'll put a lot of the links of articles so you can read more if you're interested in the show notes. Um, so then uh, as we continue to look at the state house this past week, we had uh, a great series of visits with our Patients to Advocates Fellowship. Um, our regular listeners will remember them from last week. We got to hear some great uh, stories that they shared mm-hmm. uh, over the Thanksgiving holiday. Um, they came to the state house to talk to uh, some, some of our better champions, mm-hmm. uh, our really great pro-choice uh, members. And then honestly, I'm not going to name names, but some... Some mixed choice some weak Democrats, tea. some weak tea. <laughs> um, we we definitely have you know uh, some legislators mm-hmm. out there uh, who who you know need to hear more from yeah. their constituents. Yeah. Um, you know we have some some even you know this isn't partisan. There's there's Democrats out there um, that are anti-choice, um, but there's some that are just in the middle, mixed mm-hmm. choice, and they need to hear from women and to to hear their stories. Uh, so the patients uh, to advocates crew uh, came to the state house and I think had a great set of meetings. Yeah, they really did. Um, so you know they went in pairs and, and just shared their, shared their stories because the legislators in that building kind of live in a bubble. They pass bills, but they never really hear how it impacts the people on the ground. So really the point of bringing them in, it was to say you've passed, well, necessarily they haven't necessarily voted for them, but the legislature has passed bills that impacted how they could access the healthcare they needed. Right. And here's how, um, so that our champions could better be champions, um, and learn from their story to talk to their colleagues about the bills, but also so that some of our more weak so- supporters could, you know, really understand, how this impacts real people on the ground and why they need to be stronger advocates and vote against these bills. Um, I also think one of the great moments, though, was the visibility that they mm-hmm. had yeah. during the Ohio Senate session. I mean, it was just fantastic that you worked with Senator Capri Cafaro to have the Patients to Advocates 
um, recognized as visitors to the State House. I was watching on the Ohio Channel, and for our listeners, um, they can they can go see it for mm-hmm. themselves. Yeah, we can link to it. I really think it may have been the first time that women were recognized for having had abortions and were applauded mm-hmm. by by people in session. Right. I, I watched that and I thought, this is big. Yeah. This is different. Yeah. And this this is how we fight abortion stigma. Yeah. It really was. And, you know, it was good to, to you know, when you watch on the Ohio channel, it only focuses on one person. So you right. couldn't see the faces of, like, our friends in the Ohio Senate, but they all smiled. They all were looking happy. They, they were all gleefully cha- clapping. My guess is that the people further away from us were kind of polite applause, perf- polite applauding, including our BFF Lynn Watchman, who's no longer in the legislature, <laughs> but what just happened to be in the audience that day, which the was the original heartbeat bill sponsor. Yes, the original, the original caveman. caveman. <laughs> he was. He so, hates us so much. So that was so that was a very very good day, and I think you know they they also got to see. The real legislators, because so often legislators get put up on pedestals, like they're not like me, or I could never do that, or so for them to meet amazing down-to-earth legislators like Amelia Sykes and Janine Boyd and Nikki Antonio and you know those really great champions that are also just very down-to-earth people who you can relate to. Um, I'm hoping some of these patients to advocates run for office mm-hmm. in the future. I've already talked to a couple of them about yeah. it. They're amazing. And they definitely did get very jazzed up about the legislative process, about testifying and about listening to their voices, because that's what they heard from the staff members and from the members that, you you know, it's great that you came down. I'm glad we're having this meeting right now, but more people need to hear from you. You need to go testify. You need to use your voice out there. So. And they'll be coming to D.C. Uh-huh. So watch yes. out, Washington, D.C. They're descending on you. <laughs> In about a week and a half. Gabe yep. and I will be their drivers. Uh-huh. <laughs> so. Chauffeur to the stars. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, Happy to do it. The patients will be uh, hitting the nation's capital, uh, storming Capitol Hill, talking to um, members of Congress uh, about the same sort of stuff because they're looking at, uh, you know, a, a whole new ball game themselves yes. in terms of federal attacks on abortion rights. Um, I don't know if you watched... Uh, <laughs> the Donald uh, last night uh, as no, he presented. No, I, I was still working. <laughs> man, that was that was something else. Uh-huh. Um, you know, to see uh, the next leader of the free world stand up there and you know, and you could tell when he Just went off prompter. Just because you have the position doesn't mean you oh, lead. Man. Well, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, you you could tell when he went off prompter and started to you know just attack Hillary Clinton and. <laughs> Just uh, you know, absolutely outrageous yeah. statements, Let it mocking go. reporters. Let it go. <laughs> yeah. So. This election has proved one thing and one thing only: that they're just as good about being sore winners as they are about being sore losers. If you're a jerk before yes. the election, you're probably a jerk after yeah, the probably. election. Right. Just but saying. you know how how state legislators and national legislators deal with a Trump administration is is mm-hmm. anybody's guess at this point. Um, so it is important that they hear from yeah. our patients to advocates. So uh, look for that uh, later in the month of December. Um, and then uh, Randy's not here to sing us out. Jamie, you want to sing? Let me do it. Yes. Yeah, Kelly can it do it. Let's get it on. Ow, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly added a little thing to it. Fabulous. So, yeah, so um, really the, the most important um, thing is to sign the 20-week 
abortion ban petition linked in the show notes. Yep. It's a bit.ly link, B-I-T dot L-Y slash no 20 week ban. And then also um, next Wednesday, um, we're going to be doing a year-end gathering in the Columbus office for folks in Central Ohio to kind of debrief the last year and talk about challenges we're going to face next year and just generally get together, gather amongst friends, drink some good drinks and eat some good food and right. get ready for ready for what's to come. So you can email volunteer at org for more information about that. Yep. And we have an event coming up in Cleveland as well. Yeah, on the 13th. 14th. 14th. Yeah, 14th. No, it's the 13th. You said Is it was the 13th. So follow us on Twitter if you want details. Things are happening. Yes, things are happening. Stay tuned. Uh, yeah, follow us at ProChoiceOH. Uh, if and when we see a 20-week ban committee hearing, we'll put the details on Twitter first. Uh, along with hearings for our pro-choice champions to, to hear their sponsor testimony. You can come to the state house um, or, or get all the details uh, if you follow us on social media. And we'll see everybody next week. Bye. Toodles. Bye.